There she is, Captain. Isn't she a beauty? Yes, she is, Mr. Scott. Is she ready to go? Aisa, she's ready to go to the stars. This is the 300th episode of the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. It's mission to seek out new ideas, find new games, and to boldly bring the awesome to your game. Mr. Scott, Warp 9. Aye, Captain. And now, our host... This is Bruce. This is John. This is Trav. This is Pixie. And this is Rich. Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast. Your podcast of being lured down to a darkened alley and sold pictures of plucked octopus <laughs> and striped pajamas. What? Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about, Bruce? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, was I not supposed to talk about that? You know, what stays in the back alley at TriTech? Uh, anyways, welcome to the TriTech Games Podcast. Uh, this week we are talking about Hardwired Hinterland, in case you were wondering why I would start off with such a strange premise. Uh, we It is a strange and crazy place. It's much like Camelot, uh, you know, in Spamalot. It's a, it's, a, it's a silly place. <laughs> Hopefully you have all, who are our faithful listeners, had a chance to check out this game and play it. But we will give it a, a quick rundown as to what it is. Not that, that that's what we're, we're talking about, Triangle Trade. Uh, in the hardwired hinterland. And we're talking about the the economic resources and playing the game more on the lines of an economic basis rather than just a pure adventure. Not that you can't do both, but just that, you know, if you ever want to do it, sometimes it would make sense to just sit down and look at what's out there, and that's what we're trying to do. Fringeworthy, a unique trait shared by so few, a gift or a curse. To those that can transit a portal accessing the extra-dimensional network. A pathway to a million million portals to a million million other worlds. Worlds filled with terrible wonder or shocking beauty. Populated by the denizens other than human and motivated by their own values. A creation of a race so advanced the physical laws of the universe became not barriers to their own creative drives. Will you shoulder this burden and step onto the paths for your world? Adventure in the million, million worlds of Fringeworthy. Fringeworthy is a role-playing game by Tritech Games. Available at TritechGames.com. Come explore the worlds of Tritech Games. Explore the worlds of Fringeworthy. <laughs> All right. Speaking of cannibalism... <laughs> Uh, we're not down in Etiwango yet. Um, we're going to move on to um, Old Growth Forest, which produces high quality wood and, and nothing, and they don't need anything. But if you if you wanted to uh, find some of the, I guess you know the the really big wide you know the the the, the trees that are fifty feet in diameter, for some reason that you wanted a uh, a, a single sheet like that. 
um, you know, to, I don't know, make a deck out of or something, this would be the place to go. <laughs> no, I can see Anson wanting to have a round table cut from one of these trees. Okay. Yeah, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. But like I said, most places, just the regular wood from the, that you grow is fine. But this would be a place where if you wanted to have some really, really old – okay, you know, like I said, I want a 50-foot wide hardwood. Okay, this would be the place to find it. I want to make the floors of my, of my house out of single pieces of wood. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, now, now, how you'd cut it would be a real chore, but maybe you have some high tech laser cutters or something. Nah, you got you got two guys with a with a, with a, with a pull saw, a fifty foot wide pull saw. They made them. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, wait a minute. You mean okay? Wait, 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 wait. You mean those big old saws that have this one serrated edge? They got a handle on each end. One guy pulls the other uh, back and forth. <laughs> And it's fifty feet long. Oh, yeah. I've seen no, no, no. Actually, no, no, no. It'd be more like seventy-five. It'd be more like seventy-five feet long because you got to end up room for the pole. Well, you got to have the yeah, the give on either side, but still, sixty feet. You know, yeah, they made them. Yeah, you know, wow. I can. If you ever come out here, we can t- probably take you to a lumber museum. And you can see the see the dang things. They made them that big. Oh. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, that's why I, that's why I was like rolling my eyes on that one. You know, a, a laser cutter actually might make more sense. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so moving up to Arkansas. Finally, we got to Arkansas. Yahoo! Yes. Okay, and population thirty thousand. Yahoo! Which is a lot of people. Okay, yeah. considering most environs, this is one of the more populated. Even though it is set somewhat in the past. Their production is grain, alcohol production. They are second. Uh, I don't know which one's higher, whether it's uh, New Brasilia or whether it's Arkansas, as far as alcohol production. But the two of them are like the big blockbusters in producing export alcohol. Well, biofuel. They're also saying here that um, these guys are like have some of the richest, most fertile soil. So I, they probably go toe to toe with New Brasilia for that as well. Right. Well, they they have a specific brand of corn, which is called Green Prairie Corn, which apparently just falls apart into alcohol. It's just it, it's it's like it loves to turn itself into alcohol, and so they grow that stuff, you know, by the bushel, and uh, and they make tons and tons of of alcohol as a result. And they want to build a fleet of tankers to haul it. We're talking destroyers and battleships. Or, again, we're talking about uh, big dirigibles. Well, they're saying transport tankers here. That could be still dirigibles. Uh, Richard, you're the final arbitrator in this. Ah, uh, can be dirigibles or aircraft. Okay. So they're, they're basically they're going to build a version of the shield heli, heli carrier only the, to carry fuel. Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. Or the the uh, the the planes that were very popular as uh, the the KC tankers. Those would work. They can carry. I have no idea what those are. The KC tankers. Big. Yeah, they can carry several thousand gallons of fuel. The, we use to refill refuel our aircraft in in the military. Oh, uh, okay. The ones with the umbilicus. Yeah, I know this because, of course, we have the contract to build them here in, in the CL area. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, that's probably what it's referring to when it ah. says the transport tankers, because those are that. They also have blue corn, which uh, ground up is very high in protein. And um, I'm not sure whether that would make it good feed or whether it's just it would just be good food. Uh, well, it says can be popped and ground into a rich cornmeal. So right. So, it, but it's supposed to have a lot of um, of protein in it. Yeah. So, uh, it, for any place where you'd have a, a, a problem with eating meat, uh, this would be a really good thing to have. So yeah. So so basically, it's it's, it's our Kansian uh, sorry uh, tofu. Okay. <laughs> You probably could make it into something that looks like tofu. It wouldn't be – it's just a process. So, yeah. And that's something you can eat. Notice I said something you can eat. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, it's also uh, – again, this is not an export thing, but they are, uh, uh, they are considered the people who are the best in equestrian arts. I imagine a few folks in in a few other places would go. Hmm, I don't think so. They're 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 buckaroo, but that's uh, uh, <laughs> what it says. But uh, I can see actually the the rodeo days are going to be some something to see when they when they come from little Texas and uh, Brasilia <laughs> and a few other. Places. Oh yeah, the gauchos. Yeah. Oh no, between Brasilia, Texas, and Arkansas. Oh, I'm sure that there's some some trash talking about. Equestrianism. I say, sir, the people from from Canada will have a thing to say about that with our horses. Well, it says here that the Canadian, the, the HCMP, train in horsemanship in our Kansas. Right. So, you know, the 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 almost Canadians are going to be sitting there going, "Hey, if it weren't for these guys, we wouldn't be." You know, rocking on horseback like we were. So yeah, yeah. The the um uh, you know the HM um uh, HCM. Thank you. I couldn't pronounce it. Uh, yeah. yeah, they 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 fully uh you know uh, recommend these guys. So yeah, both of them do. <laughs> There's more than just two, John. No, 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 no. I'm saying both the humans and the horses recommend these guys. Oh, oh, oh. oh okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Okay. All right. So. So they're producing a lot of, of, of you know, things like that. Now, what do they need? Okay. Well, they obviously need lots of farming equipment because they don't manufacture it themselves. And farming equipment wears out. Yeah. Okay. They also are a sort. Uh, they have a huge cache of, ra- of of locomotives and train rails. So those places, like for example, um, uh, our um, uh, little Texas that that wants a rail line. This is where you go and get the locomotive and the rails that they need, okay, without having to manufacture them. Uh, they, they said they put in their own railroad and barely made a dent in the in this cache of, of, of locomotives and rails that they found there. So this is a huge export thing for them if they can, think, if they can get other people interested in ponying up the money for these items. I can see them doing two, making two deals. One, you can buy it as is and you can take care of yourself or we'll get you a working engine, but it's going to cost you. <laughs> because these things are obviously are not, you know, they've been digging to the stocks. I don't know, are the main 10 ants still there working on them, Richard, keeping them nice and shiny new or are they? This is much like the DC-3 graveyard. Where there are thousands and thousands of 
Right. But the point still yep. is, is that it is, you know, these are really, these are, you know, you should be able to cobble together a working locomotive and, and certainly the rails wouldn't take much, you know, they, they just mm-hmm. literally, you'd pick them up out of the ground because that's how and, rails are. Or if they're, or if they're piled up. I mean, if you're talking old style rail, yeah. So if they're, if they're, if they're stacked up and they're probably coated with something that keeps them from rusting. Oh, um, uh, what's the stuff they use to pack weapons in? Cosmoline? Yeah, but in this case, probably be creosote, though. They're probably all covered in creosote. Or just simple varnish. Creosote's a process of making coal. I can see these things being, you know, a me- not a co- coke, making coke, so I can actually see these things being all coated in, in creosote just to keep them fresh, because they had tons of creosote and no idea what to do with it. That's what they can uh, they can provide is, is the train rails and locomotives along with the alcohol uh, grain uh, if necessary uh, the blue corn uh, those are all you know good export items and they need farming equipment and so that can easily come from a lot of the other uh, manufa- the, the small parts manufacturing or even the, the larger manufacturing areas. I also see them making deals with uh, at New Akron in either procuring or building uh, those tankers they're, th- they're thinking about. I mean, they wouldn't be the only ones. Little Texas would want them too for shipping. If you're going to ship fluids, a ta- a, an air tanker is about the best thing to, to ship them in. So I can just see them making special deals with uh, with Akron to start building them some aircraft. You know, they may be, you know, I, and the thing is, there are aircraft out there you can recondition. We always find them all over the place of all different eras. There's also the um, trouble with the KC-3 is that it's a jet, jet plane. So that becomes interesting. Right. Well, the, uh, again, thinking about the idea of a triangle trade, okay, you probably don't have you probably don't need that many tankers, okay. However, rails, on the other hand, it takes a lot of rails to run to do a railroad. So that's many, many runs, you know, iterations around with that. You know, the locomotive, that's something again you'd probably have to ship using one of those, you know, dirigibles. So that's probably not what you would be involved in. But the other stuff could be stuff that you guys could cart around pretty easily, because rails, you know, they're heavy, but they don't they're not that long. That they couldn't go into a DC three. Yeah. Oh, and and things they also have are tourist traps. Right. Well, of course, but again, that's not a that's not a you know something that's part of our discussion. Okay. All right. So now we move on to Noram. Noram, the blasted futuristic environment full of mutated animals, uh, mutants. Killer robots and uh, gray goo, <laughs> whatever else you want to think of. And probably the only source of replicators and templates in the entire area. That, well, no, because you find them everywhere. But this is the place if you wanted, if you wanted to be sure of finding one, this would be where I would be going. So, yeah, it's, uh, and that's what they've got. High-tech equipment and makers, otherwise known as, as replicants or templates. Okay, the things that you just toss carbon into, and out from the bottom comes a can of spam. Uh, somewhere, you know, out in the hinterland, there's a there's a template producing tons and tons of spams <laughs> by the by the packet. You know, it's it, uh, was it described as actually being produced in the pa- in the actual package. You know, uh, 
not pallets, but you know the bo- the boxes they actually ship them in. Oh, I don't know about that, but it's it's definitely oh, yeah. you know they're they're in containers. They're coming in container size quantities, as in container ship size quantities. So that's it's it's the easiest thing, to, you know. The, the 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 best if you want to carry something that you know is not going to go bad, you know, then this is the easiest thing for you to get your hands on. Um. Okay. Mushy Mallor spam for dinner. Yeah. Okay. So, what do they need in Noram? Nuclear weapons. 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 <laughs> they need weapons. Okay. Heavy so weapons. You 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 can you know you you can be a you know a gun runner to Noram, and they will welcome you with open arms. Well, open arms there had the safeties turned on, but yeah, yeah. Because they they need a lot of them, you know, and uh, and all the um, uh, all the natives there love getting better weapons or getting replacement weapons and ammo. Probably what they need more than anything else is ammo. So you can bring lots and lots of ammo to there. So that can be what they import more than anything else. Noram, you know, isn't what it, you know doesn't really have much of a civilization. Well, I, actually, it does. It has lots of them, but they're all independent. You know, they're like, you know, on this floor and then there's nothing, nothing for another 10 floors in, in that section of the giant building that is the center of Noram. Yeah. And Noram is enormous. You have these, what, 20, 20 mile size buildings? Three mile high. And yes, at least 20, 20 to 50 wide. So we're just basically, it's just like one building connected to another building to another thing. And, you know, you've got, uh, you know, old escalators and telepads and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, it's it's a big place. So you're basically going to be trading with whoever is, is there next to the landing strip. So those people are the ones that you're going to, and they're going to be, they're going to be the middleman. They're going to be buying the weapons to sell to people further in and bringing stuff out to you to sell to you, which could be good, could be bad. And that's, you know, whatever, you know? So then we get the lizard woods, which has, which produces nothing and they need nothing because <laughs> all they have is, a, well, they have a couple research stations, but the dinosaurs, unless they're intelligent, don't need anything. They just eat other animals. Yeah. Though I can imagine the 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 uh, that the Ketterman uh, Institute, which is the one on Bruno's Vineyard, that has the zoological, probably has a few things from here. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, but but that's again, that's not a frangle trade kind of thing, probably. No, no, no. Though I I I could imagine there are a few guys out going, yeah, I'm going to hunt a T Rex. Well, you have to sign this deal with him first. What? You gotta sign a deal with the T Rex. He's gonna hunt you too. He gets to carry weapons as well. <laughs> yeah, he has he has these two pearl handled revolvers in his little bitty hands. <laughs> no, no, I'm thinking something more from the bad '70s cartoons. You know, he's got actually ca- cannons, you know, miniguns mounted on his shoulders. Ah, uh, no, no, no. See, see, this is what makes it even. Okay, he's a T Rex, so he's got his enormous jaw. Okay, and he all he has is twelve shots. Okay, he has his little hands. On the little on the two two guns, and he's basically hip firing them because he can't hold it up in front of his face to to look down the sights. So he's basically hip firing them. So it's kind of it's it's kind of even. Not even hip know? firing. He's actually like you know it's more like 
shoulder firing them. Come on, come on, give me a break here. Okay, he's doing what he his hips. He no, he can't get it down to his hips. Okay, but it's the same concept, John. You're not looking. You're not looking out of. uh, You know, he has these two little uh, holsters, you know, across his chest, and he pulls them out. You know, and he and he holds his arms next to his side like he would in hip firing. You know, and you just into brace, and you just fire. And you know, mostly he would probably be firing them at you for you to hold your head down and not shoot at him as he races towards you, ready to chomp your head off with his ginormous mouth. I can see it now. He pulls him out. You know, he does utters those utters those lines. Say hello to my little friends. Yes, I'm sure you're going to have him sound like Speedy Gonzalez. All right, so, and that finally brings us to, and I, I'm sure you're going to have a lot to say about this, John, Etiwongo. Etiwongo, yes, a wonderful place to go to if you don't mind, you know, being robbed, robbed blind and occasionally eaten. But as long as they don't eat all of you, it grows back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, f- I imagine, you know, they probably just cut off, you know, cut bit, you know, you're a movable feast. So, yeah, they just, you know, cut bits off and you know, let it grow back. They won't cut your legs off because if they cut, cut the femoral artery, bye-bye, you know, uh, there's no way to stop it. But they probably will carve those hams off every so often. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great place. Um, it's, um, it's got a stagnant, stagnant economy. It's mostly inhabited by people, the best you can tell, are Polynesians, uh, who are definitely into the cargo cults. For those of you familiar, cargo cults was something that happened during World War II. We would land on an island, we set up these bases, and we'd give gifts to the natives, and then we flew away, and the natives wanted more cargo. So they'd start bringing these little things, such as fake airplanes and fake towers, trying to get people to land there. So they And get, fake air bases. In fact, air bases to get people, and they do this in Etiwongo. you got to make sure the tower tells you, you get, you get confirmation from the tower that you're landing in the right spot. Because you could land in a fake place in in, in a Wongo and have your plane stripped down to every down to its last bolt and, and washer. Yeah, I'm sure that you know wherever the island is that you're trying to land. Okay, there's probably another island a little further toward the edge of the environ where somebody has set up a false you know airstrip, and so whenever. They hear, you know, the, uh, the, the, the giving you the call sign. They get on and they start waving their things, saying, "Yeah, land here." And you're like, "Oh, wait a second, that's like five miles short of where I'm supposed to land." But if you're not thinking about it, you land at the wrong airstrip, and then, then it's over because they just swarm you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they may not eat you. They may just steal everything you got, and then let you just got to figure it out for yourself. Yeah, you have to you have to walk back to your environment or swim. Yeah. Yeah, at that point. But there are places to go to. I mean, on on uh, uh, is it uh, uh, at a Prime, the main island. Uh, there's a, actually it's a it's, it's one of the safest places to visit. You know, uh, but in terms of what it produces, well, it produces uh, the main. Okay, I love this one here. It produces coconuts and oil pods. And I'm trying to figure out what the heck are people using coconuts for. No, no, no. The oil pods look like coconuts. You know, I looked at it carefully. Coconut, coconut-like oil pods is the description. Uh, no, no, it says the key crop of the islands are coconuts and oil pod trees. Okay, well, I'm just telling you that the oil pods also look like coconuts. 
Richard should have been, should there have been a, Richard which, which is uh, hey we should go with the author is it coconuts and oil pod trees or coconut like oil pod trees coconuts and oil pods yeah so. but but the oil pods are also look like coconuts is what I'm telling you John yes yeah so they, they they're shipping out both oh I can just see some being scammed. <laughs> Well, I think the oil pods are probably more valuable than the coconuts. So. No, 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 no. Being scammed. We're, here's a whole load of oil pods. We oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, I can see a use for coconut milk. So, yeah. Uh, that and also, uh, as we pointed out, uh, when we were researching this, seafood. As in, as in all forms of freshwater. Uh, no, sea, seafood. Uh, uh, bass. Uh, sea bass. Marlin. Uh, crab, lobster, clams, oysters, giant sea turtles, the whole nine yards. I mean, this is one of the few places where you can get s- real seafood. And in size of this, uh, size of this little ocean it's in, and it's called a little sea, we're talking lots of it. You know, we're talking a lot of various kinds of seafood. Now, no one's actively processing, you know, my, you know, uh, harvesting this thing, but you, you know, I can see someone setting up shop and bringing in all sorts of seafood you can't get anymore, especially uh, like oysters. Oh yeah. There's an oyster bar. Oh, that's great. Well, you know what? There's places out there like New York. would love to have oysters Rockefeller. Yeah. You'd have to ship them in daily. Yeah. Now the only problem is, uh, you'd have to either have a refrigerated aircraft or you ship them wet. That is alive, and actually, with 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 oysters and clams, you want to ship them live. You don't actually don't want to kill them. You want to keep them alive for the entire journey there. So, oysters and clams, you gotta ship live. Lobsters too, for the most part, unless you want to process them first. So, yeah, this that makes it a little more interesting in in the process of shipping. But then there, there are the oil pods, as we said before, which can be used for a, a, a for a, basically a substitute for. Uh, various lubricants, especially aircraft lubricant. And I'm looking at the trade routes where it go. It has to pass. They have to, you'd have to pass through Little Texas. And I'm saying, you know what? They got oil in Little Texas. You have oil pods. That's a match made in heaven. You're not competing with each other. You're working together. You come down there and you pick up. You know, you get your load of oil pods. You go to Texas and you have them process it. And now you pick up more oil and you keep on going. I don't know. Is, is the oil in the oil pods, can it be refined, Richard? Uh, can it be refined? It's actually excellent for cooking oil. But can it be refined? You have to refine it a lot more. And vegetable oils are harder to refine. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, but you have you have as an aircraft lubricant. Are we talking engine lubricant? Probably no. Probably doors, other things. You're going to need a high grade lubricant for aircraft. Basically, high temperature. So this is basically it's good for the it's good for the good for a lot of things, but it's actually not good for the anything that gets above 500 degrees in temperature. Then right, right, yeah. It's it's what you'd use to lubricate all the joints in your vehicle. You know, like your your mm-hmm. steering and all that kind of stuff. The things you'd normally put, you know, um, a paste into. Yeah, and or, or but you also don't but you don't use it for the wheel bearings because those things definitely get above 500 degrees. 
So that's what the comparison thing. But yeah, this still it's, it's a useful lubricant because you need lubricant for just about everything. You know, uh, you do you need low level lubricants. So it, basically, I see this this stuff becoming the WD forty of 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 the hinterland because it's, it's it's fine. As Richard said, it also works as cooking oil. So you know, uh, here's one question: Is Richard? Um, now, are these pod, are these pods actual seeds, or are they are they are something else? They are seeds. Okay, so a smart person could probably germinate them and plant them and grow them again. Do they only grow in the climate of Etawango, or could you? Could some enterprising person decide to grow them in, say, Brasilia? They do grow other places. He says so in the text. However, they grow the best in Etawango. Okay, I read through this. Three times I, I must have missed it. Then where did I? Where? Okay, so oh, so, so they probably are growing out there. Okay, yeah. So, well, okay. Well, here's another thing. But okay, you say that one thing, Richard. But then I look at resources, and you have the oil palm now, which I think is must be the oil pod. Yes. Yes. Machine grade oil, which is different. Yeah, but it's clear that it isn't. It isn't the fine quality oil that. They have to refine the oil from oil well. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this one here, like you said, it, it's the main resources are, of course, the oil pods, but also the potential resource of, well, seafood. Yeah, I think the seafood, and of course, remember, we're talking tropical fruit here as well. You know, so it's there's probably stuff growing here that doesn't grow in Brasilia. And salt. This is a saltwater ocean. Yeah, that's true. Well, so is the, all the ocean, by the way. All the ocean, but this this one you don't have to worry about being yanked down into the surf by by the by the squids. Uh, <laughs> but that but that but that does bring up a point, Richard. This is an enclosed water. Um, it's five hundred years. That should be really really salty, unless it's being kept fresh, so to speak. Unless the salt's going somewhere else for a different purpose. There we go. So. This is so. This is a. This is being maintained. All the environs are being maintained, John. They they have different ecological and 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 the weather patterns on every single environ, and they're only two hundred miles across about apart. I agree. I understand, but I'm saying this one actually makes it very obvious because if, if 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 this was here for five hundred years, it actually would be the water levels would be a lot lower and much 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 saltier. Because of evaporation, so this makes it very obvious someone's maintaining things. Unless it rains here a lot, and it may rain here a lot. It may, it might, yeah. There's stuff. Uh, oh, and the and the other thing it provides is the black market. This is a haven for pirates. There are actually several pirate bases in these islands. So the secret is look for the skull and crossbones Both. on Etawango map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, well, that's not on the map you get in the hardwire hinterlands. That's for your GM. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. But I, I looked at it and said, okay, but okay. Here's the problem, though. It's a black market. So is New Akron. I mean, we were talking to Richard about this. I asked him, what is anything banned in New Akron? The answer is no. Well, yes. Well, well yeah, for something. Drugs. For drugs. Slaves. For, uh, Slaves, child pornography, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, you could probably get your crystals at cut rate here. Mm-hmm. I actually had a scenario where the players didn't realize they were transporting a 
ostrich size lightning crystal. <laughs> oh come on, John! That's ridiculous in size. I mean, come on! It's, even the ones, even the ones that are lifting uh, the, uh, the 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 beagle are smaller than that. Now, ostrich egg, yes. It was a perfect, perfect crystal. You know, basically, it was one of the it was one of the ones they didn't know. They were, they were hired to fly out there to do for a guy to go to some uh, some sort of party and do some fishing. They didn't realize he was basically transporting goods until they found out. <laughs> so, yeah, basically, I'm trying to remember how big it was. A fairly large crystal. We're talking a crystal that would would be worth the millions on the market. And they're deliver and they're delivering it to pirates. So of course they're going to get their value. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They're going to get paid one way or another. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but like I said, this is a this is a great place to visit. I mean, this is where you know we do have a, a published adventure for the game. It's in the fiasco. If you listen to it, it's the Brass Monkey Ball. It takes place at Jimmy Bar- Bars and Grill once a year. All right, so John, what does Etiwongo need? Oh God, um, definitely it's looking at basically everything here is water, ba- water, ch- water. T- you know, it's looking at looking at what we got here. It's a stagnant economy, so they basically they really haven't done anything. For the fact that the, that the natives take things apart, they they're looking for technology. They're looking for what everyone else looks for. They're looking to, to better themselves. But the only way to know to get it, these, a lot of them know to get it is to steal it. Right. Well, they're not, the natives are not, I mean, the, the natives that are on those islands you're talking about are not the ones you're going to be trading with, John. You're going to be going to the bigger islands. You're going to be going to the resorts. You're going to be the places that base, the, the biggest trade, you know, industry on Etiwongo is tourism. You need to supply them with what they need. Yeah. And they're looking, and the thing is, they're looking, they're probably looking for, oh, what would be, Okay, yeah, we have places like Jimmy Bar's Jimmy's Bar and Grill. Who, who you know, he's looking for hamburger. He serves hamburger. He's looking for meat. So they're looking for you bring in sides of beef. They're basically looking for things that aren't fish, things that aren't tropical, right? Yeah, they're looking for fish. He's also looking for beverages because they're not bringing in you know uh, vodka and and Jack Daniels and stuff like that. They're not. Yeah, they have to bring that all in. Yeah, so they're so they're looking for all the consumables that you know a a basically a Las Vegas would require. And another thing that's also very valuable and easy to transport is spices. Oh yes. So they would need a lot of that too, and, and all in, in a fairly narrow, small location where you can make a good sale. Yeah, and also well, they probably need spices, but they also probably produce spices as well. I mean, there's some things that they're not going to be able to get. Uh, they're not going to be able to grow in their tropical environment, and there and there's some things that they will. You're right. You're right. Yeah, something really, something really re- Renaissancean, pepper. And pepper doesn't grow here; it grows elsewhere. Cinnamon. Cinnamon. They need cinnamon and pepper and um, hot pepper. Would saffron grow here? No. Oh, absolutely. No, no, no. Saffron. No, saffron. It would actually likes more like a Mediterranean climate. Well, it's it's orchids. India, India, uh, Bruno's vineyards—they could grow them too. They have the right kind of climate. Climate that grows good wine also grows good saffron. Well, we know how valuable saffron is, so 
That's another yeah, ex- that's another export product that I'm looking at a bottle on my cooking shelf that ran nine dollars for a small tiny bit. I worked at that one time. It's comparable to the price of silver or gold when gold's low in terms of it, by the by the by the uh, troy ounce. Or so you don't need much. Yeah, you don't need much. You just need a few stems, and it does. It goes a long way, and it keeps for a while. But yeah, they but they they'd probably also need. But they also yeah, you definitely need spices. Uh, heck, if you're doing any of the standard you know tropical drinks, most of them use spices you can't. They they probably can't make. They can't grow. Mangoes. Mangoes. Well, Mang- yeah. Mangoes. I think they can produce. Yeah. Papaya. Yeah, that's stuff. Those are called passion fruits, and they grow in tropical areas usually. Yeah. And I can also see them doing a, a, a thriving trade in coconut, uh, gl- various coconut drinkware. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's that's it for the list, okay? But I have a couple of questions about some items that you mentioned, Richard, but you don't actually locate them anywhere. <clears throat> okay, so hold on a second while I find it inside the text, and this would be. Uh... First of all, the drugs. Where do the drugs come from? Do they all come from Magicost? Who knows? Well, I mean, you should tell us. I mean, if they all come from Magicost, that would give them an export product. It would make and we're talking and we're not talking about the just the, the heroin. I'm talking about the magic mushrooms. Where's that stuff coming from? Probably a little bit from Magicost and a little bit from the um, the uh, Mongolian environment. Ooh, if you're mushrooms, poppies. Oh, wait a second. Mushrooms. The way you describe Grunlog could be a place for them too. So Tritac never really did a lot about drugs. Well, I know. I'm just saying, but that's. I look at this stuff, and to me, it's like, you know, if if you wanted, since they are most of these are magical, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes sense that they would come from Magicos because they're kind of cursed, and at the same time they have some stuff, and and that way you know you'd say okay here's something, and they could go bad you know over time, and so that way you'd have a reason you, you couldn't keep the same you know teleportation you know morals for uh, you know for fifty years. You'd have to use it up within a, a one year period, or it lose its magic. I mean, things like that make sense as far as, you know, and it also gives you a place where you might find even more strange stuff because you know that they're all magical, you know. So not all of them, of course. Smokey Joe is really just uh, um, uh, a mar- a, a, a very powerful marijuana type. So, okay, um, let, let's see here. Okay, the multi-food trees. Uh, they produce uh, six-inch pods filled with meat, grain, or vegetable-like pulp. Where are they from? Um, I never plotted it out. Okay, because most of these, um, most of these specialized things don't appear everywhere. There's usually one place or another place where they they grow the best, and that would be a good place for you to go. When we're talking about this triangle trade stuff, Richard, mm-hmm. where we go and say, okay, I want to go to this environ so I can get a whole bunch of these. You know these the, these pods from these multi foods because a pod is going to care is is probably going to have some shelf life and so it'd be a good way of taking it someplace and selling it you know and because these things fry up really nice you know it says pork beef could be also that they're very they're very very rare and don't the plants don't grow other places 
or are hard to ship and replant. What well, says they're easily replanted? It says well, here. It says here that they can be transplanted when under three feet in height. At twenty-five years, a tree will begin to produce a continuous crop of pods. So, I okay. mean, I, I'm saying it's it'd be great if they if, if there was some reason to this. Okay, here's another one: dwarf cocoa plants. Okay, okay. that's you know again, where do they grow? Um, Probably I, Brazil. Okay. The only thing it really says is 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 coffee. Most prized of the uh, are the coffee trees plantations, New Brasilia. So that one, you know, is actually got a thing on it. Okay. So um, I would think a lot of this would come out of the Brazilian jungles, but you might find it in other spots. Okay. How about tobacco? Um, the um, it it would not grow very well probably in Brasilia. It, it prefers a drier climate. Arkansas. Um, Arkansas. We're thinking, wow, good chance. Okay. You can can grow. There there were tobacco farms in southern Kentucky that did a lot of tobacco. Okay. And finally, watchdog bushes. Probably out of Magicost. Out of Magicost. Okay. Because they they basically uh, they basically fire. Um, you know, 100 proof uh, uh, alcohol uh, flying thorns. They're, they're they're basically a version of the Triffids. Or or was it uh, was it Martin the Martians versus the teenagers? Yes, yes. That they were they they injected it from from uh, their 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 fingers. Yes, they had they had little injectors on their fingers. Invasion of the Saucermen, nineteen fifty-eight, but they remade it twice more. I know, I've seen know. every version of, it. yeah, <laughs> including the one where the guy had this had the the camera obscura where he was watching all the kids down and on uh, on um, you know uh, uh, kissing alley. You know, was it two in black and white, one in color? And I think they they use the same alien mask for all three. Oh, I don't know. Yep, I I I always liked the one in. In, in black and white because they, they cut off the alien's hand and it kept running around. <laughs> oh, there we go. Oil palms. Okay, so there's the oil palms, multi-food trees. Yeah, that's clear. The rubber pods. <clears throat> okay, Ver- yeah, which is, again, rather than most, you know, uh, rubber uh, trees, which are is a sap that you get by cutting the tree and letting the sap ooze out and collect it, these things produce pods with rubber in them. Well, latex, I would say latex rubber, you know, which is the sap, basically. Well, there could be both, but it says here, these can be uh, used to make standard rubber tires and fittings. Then with alcohol, it will dry and form a good crack filler and near glue-like bond. That actually sounds like, sounds like yeah, the rubber tree sap, which is basically latex with stuff in it. Right, right. But I'm saying, but it oozes out of the tree. It doesn't, it's not produced as, a, as, a, as part of its reproductive cycle. Well, it says pods, so it suddenly makes no. I'm saying the pods are the are different. That pods only make sense if they're produces part of the reproductive cycle. <clears throat> okay, yeah, yeah. So these things make a pod that's full of rubber like sap, and and the seeds, and a few seeds in there somewhere. So, all right. Well, that was that's it as far as that's concerned. Um, uh, is there anything else that you guys know about that you want to help place somewhere? No, not, no, not. 
basically a lot of trap. I mean, they, they, you see a lot of primitive TV around here, but the, the real thing is radio. Everyone has radio. Oh yeah. Probably like some central, like New York City, probably has a major, major, missing major channels, and there's probably a radio place they put on, and they have uh, rebroadcasters in, in, in the various places to pick up the signals and boost them and send them on, send them on. Pittsburgh too. Yeah, Pittsburgh too. Yeah, and I can see, but that's sort of an audio trade. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it, I still imagine there's commercials. Of course, there's commercials. You got to pay for all this. Yeah, sell soap. You know, and they probably do sell soap. <laughs> I hope they sell soap. Uh, I can. This is going to be a good old fashioned lye soap or fat based soaps. <laughs> Not the modern day petroleum soaps because you can't really afford to make them. Oil well, pump. You can, but they're expensive. Yes. They're, yeah. I can imagine those being the ones. My chair's making creaky sounds, sorry. I can imagine those. Yeah. I can imagine those being uh, for the rich. Oh, yes. I have this lovely soap made from petroleum. <laughs> it's not for the rich, it's just the rich use it more often. I'm sure that they're, you know, I mean, ceremonial soap. For religious cleansing, it may very well, you know, be like, you know, made out of the, the more expensive stuff. Yeah, or it's made out of the, or made out of the fat, the sacrifices. But you know, uh. or or maybe it, it turns out that those oil palms can produce soap of good quality. Sorry, I don't know. And remember, and remember, there's un, unexplored places still we haven't gotten to yet. I mean, yes. Well, based upon Fight Club, we would know that Etiwango would probably be your best source. Of high quality soaps, pink soaps, yes, yeah. <clears throat> there you are. But we also have uh, what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen different unexplored places that may have some new treasure. So you know, there's a, you obviously, know, yeah, yeah. So as a GM, you know, you feel free to stick, you know, whatever you want to. If you if you if you're jumping a bit because there's no new Tokyo, well, you can add it. Very little Oriental or, in this in this game. Yeah, or Happy Pony Land. Uh, Actually, yeah, for, okay. From uh, Porcelain Lama Theater, when they did their version of of it, they had a they had an environment entirely ocu- entirely um, populated by anth- anthropomorphic animals. No humans whatsoever, but they were all anthropomorphic animals. Okay. You could have the furry land. So it's Zoolandia. Mm. They're all furry and they're all furners there. Oh, gee. Have you been waiting? Have you been storing <laughs> that up for a while, John? No, spur of the moment. I'll top my head. <laughs> well, now, okay. So now let's get down to the nitty gritty. We've been talking about all these different things. You know, hopefully you, you our audience, haven't become completely bored with all this, you know. So, so, but now it comes down to the degree, which is that okay, let's build our, let's do our triangle trade, okay? So, who's, you know, uh, uh, Trav? It sounded like you had this worked out, and, and especially you, Pixie, who've been very quiet during all. Oh this. yeah. So I want to hear yeah, you we, explaining we, the, the the triangle trade here. Okay, we got almost Canada, little okay. Kiev, okay, and the vineyards. Okay, so how's those vineyards? Yeah. Well, okay. Where's your first stop? I mean, you're. Well, the good thing is we got two-way trade between each of them. 
but we worked out a double triangle here, so they got everything going. So are you going Bruno's you, Vineyard? Okay, so uh, uh, so <laughs> are you saying that as you circle, you're carrying products from previous, you know, like two thir- two two legs ago to to the next one around? Yeah, yeah, you they're from uh, Bruno's Vineyard. They would be giving grapes to Little Kiev. Little Kiev can be making and giving vodka both back to the vineyard and also giving it to Almost Canada. Almost Canada, in turn, could... Because they said there's a wool production facility there, they could be giving wool to the vineyard and almost Canada could also be giving grain to little Kiev because you can make vodka out of grain as well. Almost Canada would, uh, let's see. Okay, trying to get the, the thing right here. Uh, okay, let me just say it this way. Almost Canada to little Kiev. They would be trading vodka and grain. Almost Canada and the vineyard, wool and wine. And then between Little Kiev and uh, the vineyard, grapes and vodka. So there is trade between all three. And just we, we thought about all the things, and that's how that would be the triangle that she and I came up with. Okay. As I said, I came up with one. It's, it's like I came up with one triangle, and she came at me with the other and it was just like a bat between the eyes. I'm like, oh, my God, that fits perfectly. And I just had this grin on my face looking at her a couple hours. It's just this maniacal grin that makes me so happy and afraid at the same time because I know you so much. <laughs> you are my DM. Yeah. <laughs> I know you. I see things and be like, this is a good idea. Oh man! And our characters oh, are probably no, going to die from it. Yeah. <laughs> so if I were to go from, as I said, almost Canada to the vineyards, wool, vineyards to Kiev, grapes, Kiev, back to Canada, vodka. Then Canada to Kiev, grain, Kiev to vineyards, vodka, vineyards to almost Canada, wine. So, yeah, you'd have a reverse triangle, like a two-way triangle. So, I mean, they would have that just set up between the three of them, and they'd be golden. That'd be – that – it. as I said, I mean, it'd be easier – if a visual medium would work so well here, I'd – out a little map, so <laughs> it's but, far easier to explain when you have when you can do a visualization. Right, exactly. I, I did the best I could with it, but yeah, each could trade to the other two, and it would be all something that they would need. So it wouldn't just be going A to B to C to A. Just looking at this, I can see another one where from Arkansas to Little Texas. Basically, Arkansas is delivering rail equipment. Okay. Uh, Okay. And then from there, you deliver oil to New Pittsburgh. 
and New Pittsburgh delivers uh, farm equipment back to our, our, our Kansas. Now that requires you're going to be flying a dirigible for this or, or a large, a large hauler for this to make this work. You're not going to do it in DC three. Uh, though you, yeah, could. why not? Well, you could, you could, yeah, you could carry. I mean, since we're using uh, light lightning crystals, make sure I pronounce it correctly. Uh, you could, you, you, directly, you could, you know, fit, you know, fit in a whole bunch of rails into the back of a DC three, and then get it nice and light, and then fly it to uh, to Texas to sell the rails, and then get barrels of oil or barrel of oil, depending on how much his price is going for it, to deliver to. Uh, Pittsburgh and sell them and sell there because some needs lubrication oil. Uh, that could benefit from extra oil coming from, of course, Etiwongo. So this could be actually be a have a little jaunt, or you depending on other people getting oil from Etiwongo for more you know, for the light for the light machine oil. Uh, for there and then then again and then from again from Pittsburgh you deliver the farm equipment. So there could be a triangle that way with a little offshoot if you might go to uh, Etiwongo and. Get some oysters delivered to to, Houston, to Texas, <laughs> or actually pick up the oil pods themselves. That's true. You can actually fly from yeah, oil pods and back and forth. But yeah, you you never want a deadhead. You always want to carry something. So you're probably carrying the beef. Oh, that, that, that would work. Come down, deliver your iron, carry the beef to the Wongle. Get the oil pods, bring them back to Little Texas. Little Texas, you get the oil, take up to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh deliver farm equipment to Arkansas. <laughs> That'd work. Rinse and repeat. It's a longer one, though. It's not as nice as the that little that little small little triangle there that uh, Trav Trav and Pixie worked out, but it still works. You can make it bigger if you find a. Basically, it turns into a whole ring, sort of thing. Find something. What have we done here? We turned Hardware Hinterland into Traveler. It almost sounds like Settlers of Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Sheep. Ah, oh dear! Oh dear oh, Lord! It does. I call, I'll call my I'll, I'll call I'll call my my DC three the, the the Free Trader Beowulf. There we go. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but really, if you're a GM, if you you know if your players want to do something like this, yeah, give them, get, let them have it. Also, I would say you know if you someone's got a DC three, don't forget there's also the opportunity cargo they can carry. You know, someone needs someone needs to send this package with no questions asked and no HCMP involvement. You know, are you willing to take that package? Uh, yeah, and ah, yeah, yeah. Always going back to uh, New Akron for more parts. You can you can pay you can pay pay through the nose for parts, or you can buy ammunition and go get your own parts from the uh, from the from the uh, what are they called again? Those graveyard from the graveyard. Mm-hmm. No, no, what are the critters called there again? The critters. Uh, you're talking about the wild men. The wild men, yes. From the yeah, pay for it in blood. <laughs> my my circle trade was New Pittsburgh bringing aircraft quality materials to New Akron. Okay, New Akron would then produce, you know, aircraft materials, you know, to Anson's Kingdom. Anson's Kingdom, surprisingly, would take food, would produce food. 
and, and because they have lots of it. Uh, and, uh, and you might pick up some crystals too, but you take the food then over to Little Kiev. And Little Kiev would pay you in silver and use the silver to come back to New Pittsburgh and buy some more um, uh, aircraft uh, quality uh, construction materials. That's my, that was my circle trade. Okay. So interesting enough, no one's going to need new old New York. That's the only I, I spent all my time actually compiling this list of what they had and what they needed. I didn't spend a whole lot of time actually working out the circle trade. You know, I, I did that just right now. And like I said, it's probably not optimized, you know, I mean, because you want to you want to make your stops to be as short as possible to, to save on fuel. You know, so and you always want to buy high you want to buy low and sell high. So you want something that's really valuable to somebody, but it's really cheap. So, you know, Anson's Kingdom, you know, they, they sell – what they sell high are crystals, okay? But what they, uh, what they sell low is food because people don't come there for food. They come there – you know, but they have lots of it. So one thing that they have, you know, is, is lots of farmland that says the people there are never hungry, but they're poor otherwise, so that means that food is very is cheap and and very plentiful. So you could probably buy lots of it, and you're bringing in high quality aircraft materials, air, you know, aircraft themselves or aircraft materials, and uh, including weapons, which you could probably also buy in New Akron, uh, like air, on aircraft. And uh, and so they're paying top quality. They're like, hey, well, what we trade for crystals? No, that's all right. I'd like some of those hams, though, please. And you pack your plane full of hams, and you take that down to uh, uh, Little Kiev, and Little Kiev's like, "Oh, we'd love to have some high quality hams, meat, and stuff like that, you know, or some some veg, you know, something that we can't grow easily." And they'll pay high high, high quality for that, and then you uh, and they pay you in silver, you know, which they have plenty of. And then you take that and you turn around and go back to you know to to, to New Pittsburgh. Yeah, the thing you got to worry about, of course, around Anson's kingdom is that well, it's pirate territory. But see, they're not going to be hitting you. That's the, the thing. There. I'm trying. I mean, flying there, you've got a problem. You got to watch out flying there because you're bringing good stuff. But you know, and they and pirates, of course, are going to love aircraft and are going to love weapons. But leaving is going to be pretty easy because nobody's going to try to steal your hams. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Just said they don't like you or having a bad day. Yeah, yeah. And crystal deals are something they're made, you know, and they're probably on more secure aircraft than a DC three. Than a DC three, yeah. Right. So that's where I'm saying. That's why you know, if you have something really valuable, you only want to do like one hop, you know, one, you know, to the next place. So I'm not sure. Like I said, I haven't tried to optimize this or anything like that, but I'm uh, I'm sure there's probably some other ones. Uh, uh, Richard. Do you have any uh, circles that you think would be good? No, I, I've never had a campaign other than a convention campaign. Okay, that we've had to actually get that far. Okay. Oh, okay. Mm. All right. So, anybody else have some other ideas, or are we done on the circle trade? I, I think we did a pretty good job. It was also right. pretty surprising there. Okay. All right. Well, thanks everybody for sticking with us, okay. and hopefully, you will create a circle trade for your Hardwire Hinterland campaign, where as you go on your adventures, doing all the adventuring kind of stuff, you actually have a, a plausible reason to be making money other than the fact that somebody really has to get somewhere 
you know, overnight and they're willing to pay you top dollar, you know, or the post office is, is always willing to pay you uh, 20 and silver dollars to, 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 to take a big bag of mail somewhere. And have a good bookkeeper. And have a good bookkeeper. <laughs> Preferably, uh, uh, what animal would that be? A pig? What? Just because he's he's in the he's in the story? Yeah, he's in. Yeah. I just wondered if there were there were some uh, uh, animal species that were uh, that were in cartoons or whatever. Most notably, usually set to be. Uh, you can always hire an orangutan bookkeeper from Metawongo. Okay. Just got to be careful, though. He'll rip your arms off if you think you give him a bad deal. In the Disney version of, of I'm sorry, uh, A Christmas Carol, wasn't um, Cratchit, wasn't he, uh, or is it Mickey? He was, uh, he, he Mickey was, was the bookkeeper. Yeah, he was the bookkeeper. So I guess mice might be uh, good bookkeepers. Or ducks, because, of course, his boss was Scrooge McDuck. And looking at the new movie that's about to come out, Zootopia. Yeah. The sloths in the DMV. No. No. Hello. Would oh, please. That, like. That, I have to see it. Oh, just watch. I mean, just watch the promo, man. It's just. Oh, they, they have a vignette. They have a little featurette that features most of the DMV scene. Yes. The entire DMV scene it includes. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Yeah, (laughs) it is amazing. So anyways, thanks everybody for sticking with us. And like I said, we hope that you'll make this game, um, the Hardwire Hinterland, as rich a game as possible by including all these elements we've been talking on the various podcasts. Please go and go to our website and search for Hardwire Hinterland, and you'll see that we've done a number of episodes on this particular game. And so you can, if you haven't heard them all, you can listen to them, you know, because our our episodes are episodic, where we do a topic on each one, so you can concentrate on the things that interest you most. But please, you know, we do all these things to enrich your play on these various games that are produced by TriTac Games, and we hope that you will give us your best ideas on our various uh, uh, sites on uh, Facebook and on uh, Google Plus uh, and Google Hangouts, and of course all the various boards. That uh, that TriTac supports. Uh, please t- type in TriTac Games and uh, Hardwire Hinterland into your browser to see where it takes you. Because if it takes you to the Hardwire Hinterland, you've gone very far indeed. And we'll have more and, for you. And to the left. And to the left, yes. <laughs> and we'll have more for you next week. But until then, this is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million million worlds out there. So go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Blix. Don't hate the game, hate the players. This is Richard Tahoka. Wait till you see what's coming next. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Yo, brothers. This was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at TriTech Games. And if you don't, we'll be after your sorry butts, cause we're some bad mothers. 
Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org, colon 8027.